Washed Up Emo sponsors New Belgium Brewing are celebrating their 30th anniversary as a company. To celebrate, they're releasing Wild Ride Amber IPA, a happy tribute to their iconic fat tire. Even better, New Belgium Brewing are giving away bikes and gear all year. Find out more information by visiting newbelgium.com. Welcome to this uh, special episode of the Washed Up Emo podcast. Uh, today I'm honored to have Davey and Dan from the bands Maritime, uh, Vermont as well, and of course The Promise Ring. Um, they recently announced two reunion shows and a rarities disc coming out on Danger Bird. Um, so guys, thanks so much for being here. Thank you. Welcome. Thanks for having us. Um, so I, I, like I said, I wanted to kind of d- dive deep a little bit early, so hopefully your brains are uh, uh, up and ready. The what kind of tunes did you guys grow up on? I know, you know, Dan, um, I think you said you were into hardcore kind of early on. And um, it was funny. I had a talk with Eric from Christie Front Drive, and he mentioned Buffalo Tom as a huge influence. And for some reason, he kept saying, Davey, that you were into Duran Duran. And he could have been drunk at that time. But were there things that um, both of you guys, if there was stuff that you uh, both were into that had nothing to do with indie indie rock and or did uh, I think I mean, for me the getting into like a lot of the, the British new wave like the cure and echo and the Bunnymen and the Smiths I think was the turning point in my music life because you know I, I listened to all that um, a lot even though I was wearing youth of today shirts and you know nice. going to basement shows and stuff like that um, so yeah but, but I think like that is that type of music that's sort of you know, guided me, I guess, uh, er, er, early on. I had a friend in college that was into the Smiths and black metal, so I can see the similarities. <laughs> cover, cover all bases that way. <laughs> yeah, we would go to like a Strapping Young Lad show, and we would listen to Morrissey the whole way there, so uh, it was pretty <laughs> random. But <laughs> Davey, was there anything that kind of stuck out to you that sort of said, wow, I am, I'm picking up a guitar, I am... I'm going to be in a band or this is this is what I want to do? Uh, not entirely. Um, uh, I mean, I had, my older brother was into, uh, was into metal and then like crossover metal like DRI and Corrosion of Conformity, which I think kept me away from it longer, <laughs> you know, more than it got me into it because, you know, you sort of are repelled by that sort of relationship. But at the same time, I think as you grow up, then I like kind of got into it and he sort of introduced me to stuff I could like, like, uh, I mean, I guess the Smiths, the Smiths sort of maybe by middle school, I was into the Smiths, but before that it was like, yeah, Duran, Duran, Duran records were like central REM, like the earlier REM records were pretty, uh, probably influential. And then I got into like East Bay punk, which, you know, then I graduated to like, 
in you know mid 80s DC, and I guess by then I thought I was too cool for school, and I kind of got into other stuff, you know. Yeah, well, the it, how did that how did that sort of I mean, obviously, internet wasn't really prevalent. Was it mixtapes from friends? Was it was it uh, maximum rock and roll? Like, cause uh, I was pretty <laughs> isolated, you know, growing up hearing bands. Like, how did you find out about all those? Just, I mean, for me, it was just going, going, going to shows and communicating with people that also wanted to communicate about the same stuff. You know, so in that, like, it would be, you know, going to record stores and chatting with people there or going to shows and buying records there or, you know, making people mixtapes for sure, you know, as part of it. So, yeah, I think it was that yeah, yeah. sort of, you know, DIY community, you know, that spread, you know, helped right. spread the word. Yeah, I think, I mean, Maximum Rock and Roll reviews were pretty huge. Um, but for me, it was like, I would get it after my brother poured over it, but everything that Maximum Rock and Roll hated, I knew that I would like. <laughs> it was kind of, you know, like, I would, that's always how I've been in, like, the punk scene is, like, that's, you know, like, I've always pretty much, whatever is unacceptable is probably going to be right up my alley. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, that was true, you know, when I was listening to other unacceptable music like Rick Astley or like Breathe or whatever, like really early on stuff that I was like, you know, you know, which, you know, turned into like Pet Shop Boys and stuff that I still really love today. But, um, but yeah, that was, you know, like as I kind of got into punk, that was my thing was if they thought it was like really sell out or like post-punk you know way too post and not enough punk then i thought i'd probably i'd probably dig it a lot and it worked out a lot i found a lot of bands that way that's awesome i mean growing up were there a ton of shows that came through um that you guys got to see i think you know being midwest i mean everything kind of went through there chicago or milwaukee uh yeah you know a little bit i mean you had to do a lot of driving especially to chicago but I mean, a lot of the a lot of the stuff was just going to more of the local bands and like the the local punk, you know, what was happening in the local scene is what I remember mainly going to, you know, uh, yeah. yeah, or you know, yeah, it, I, mean, I mean, there was a, there was enough that came through, but I don't remember, you know, some of the nice, you know, good bands came through, but I remember mainly just either doing our own shows with the bands I was in and just you know finding good bands to play with or, you know, other local bands or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. That, I think that's that's what I remember the most about it is the sort of... Uh, yeah, I, I would say we probably... I didn't even actually meet Dan until later on, but we were probably uh, ships in the night many, many times at shows, like, you know, we uh, friends of friends put on or whatever. So it was, uh, you know, Milwaukee was a small area, but you know, everyone kind of did a lot of the, you know, the heavy lifting. Mm-hmm. So, How did you, I think, oops, sorry. No, I was gonna, that's kind of probably where we come from, you know, as the air quotes included, you know, like that you kind of just, you know, you only look for help when you can't do it, but you certainly try and do what you can, you know. Yeah. That's pretty similar. I mean, just, uh, I, I totally relate just the growing up in Vermont, there were no big bands that came through. So you'd only see the punk rock shows or maybe a band from New York came or Boston, but you wouldn't really see anything. And it was like, you were more stoked to see your friends bands play than right. <laughs> like a bigger band. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like that's the sort of vibe of with Milwaukee is that you were working really hard to do 
something here with your friends and, and you know, getting some sort of community that way because a lot of bands didn't really come through or, you know what I mean? So it's just like we got to build it ourselves and if we, if we want it, we got to do it ourselves because we can't rely on bands to come through to sort of, Right. You know, or the stuff, you know, and the stuff that came through was like, maybe not. I mean, it was the really big stuff that like barely related to what we were into, you know. Warrant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. Or like, it would be like, yeah, that one, you know, I think Fugazi would come, which, you know, is pretty, pretty awesome. But um, I'm trying to think of a per like all might come. But that wasn't necessarily that didn't exactly, you know, scratch the itch. <laughs> you yeah. Know what I mean, <laughs> for like, I mean, it worked, and we probably were both there. But you know, it's like not exactly the on the head. So. Yeah, growing up in the Midwest, like, how did you guys view the different scenes? I mean, you said you were into some of the East Bay uh, punk stuff. Um, you know, the obviously some of the probably New York hardcore. Like, what was did you think? Like, wow, we're doing you know, this is something different or we're kind of moving toward a different direction or did you feel like, oh, wow, we're just kind of behind or? Yeah, it was like Revelation Records and, you know, that sort of stuff that we were, you know, sort of listening to. So I, I, I actually think we, you know, I don't think we, at least personally, I don't think we were real groundbreaking <laughs> back, at least in the bands that I was in back then. Uh, you know, I don't think it was much groundbreaking happening except for later than with, you know, I think there was some good stuff happening, especially with, obviously, with Captain Jazz starting in Chicago. When that happened, like, right around that time, then all of a sudden, and even, like, none of standing with Jason's old band um, in Madison, there were all of a sudden, like, this crop of bands doing kind of kind of new stuff. You know what I mean? Like, that was sort of not from the coasts. That was actually kind of, you know, intrinsically Midwestern, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I was kind of getting at, just the, the kind of the view. And it just, I mean, I definitely sensed it being on the, the East Coast and sort of feeling, holy shit, there's something going on there that yeah. I, I need to find out about. And it was, oh, what other bands and what's what's happening? So um, definitely from the outside, it was, uh, it was something exciting. Mm -hmm. um, what was the, did you guys, uh, what was the... This is maybe you've probably been asked this a million times. I, the first time you heard the word emo, was it something that you were like, I don't even know what that means? Or um, for me, it was like a, a post hardcore show. Someone had said that guy was kind of emo, the singer. Um, was there, for you guys, was there any time where you first heard it? Uh, I, I, I heard, go ahead. I, I, was, I have a good one. It was. <laughs> Uh, the, uh, the first time I heard it is, uh, when, in a Maximum Rock and Roll review, they referred to MIA as being emo, which, uh, not the, M not the second wave MIA, but the original MIA from, mm -hmm. I think they were a California band, but they were like, well, they were like, uh, kind of like, I guess later Dag Nasty maybe or something like that. Um, but it's funny cause three, I, I believe three of the four guys in MIA ended up being in Big Drill Car, oh, wow. so, which is totally awesome, because that, that was, and then I think later I heard it when uh, talking about Rights of Spring and Guy Pachoto and stuff, mm -hmm. but it was like, the first time I heard it was about Big Drill Car guys. So. Wow. 
Yeah, so I mean, it's always been that left to center thing where it's like you can really say this about anything, you know? Yep. <laughs> if you really, really wanted to. So I, you know, I, I don't think we've ever taken it too, too seriously either way. It's not like you know I don't think we passed it off, but you know at the same time like never really consider it like a box. Mm-hmm. You know? So, so in that way, it's not, not been a, not been offensive or like super. Uh, I guess. We're not really that appreciative of it either. It's just kind of a word. People use it. So Yeah. Sorry, that was a little long, Dan. <laughs> no, no, that was good. No, I actually, I don't really, I don't even remember. The only the only time I really remember it, like, having a reaction to it was when uh, John Gilbertson interviewed us at that weird restaurant, uh, you know, for the Journal Sentinel, and he brought it up. And that was the first time where I actually, like, I've heard of it before or whatever, like, but I don't remember the first time. But that's the first time where I actually had to discuss it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, I can't remember what I said either. But but that was like, it was then. It was just like, what? you know, because then obviously you're talking sort of about what we were doing. And then I was like, oh, well, that's weird. Okay. Like, how am I going to, you know, like, I don't know how to take that. Yeah. You know? um, but, uh, yeah, so that, that was my first experience uh, with it. But yeah, I don't really remember when the first time I, like, actually heard it or, you know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> was there um was there uh, during you know the time when you guys were um 90s nothing feels good the, you know I felt that a lot of the times hardcore bands played with indie bands and it was totally accepted um and now I feel like there's these silos of here's this hardcore tour and you know I'm sure it happens but I just you know I feel like there's all these packages um was there any what 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 do you think made it work back then? Was it just that you guys were all friends and everyone was into it, or was it something? Yeah, different? There's always, I mean, there's always that sort of grace period, you know, from yeah. the people that were, you know, into like strictly hardcore bands, and then they got into kind of like you know post hardcore, and then you know you go through the evolution, right, or de-evolution depends on what side of the fence you're on, and you you know then there's that sort of middle gray area where yeah there's this sort of you, people can go to both and care about both, but then, you know, the farther you drift apart, <laughs> you know, the more you sort of stack up your silos, like you said, you know. Uh, I, you know, I, my my opinion of this is that I think people, and I'm part of this for sure, but I think people don't realize that they're no longer part of the underground. <laughs> like, I, I truly believe that uh, that this is true. Um, based, like, based on like when we, you know, basement shows and stuff we used to do. And I mean, I think promising even, you know, started, we began this way by playing in these shows, you know, the basement shows are based on a scene. And so like, you know, whoever was part of that scene uh, or hung out in that Avenue, you know, played these shows and that, that was, you know, whoever, it didn't really matter. But then it like, you know, I think you get up above, you know, you get where things started getting a little bit popular and you start playing clubs and, you know, there's ticket sales, you know, I mean, however meager the results are of these things, I think that changes, you know, because there is like a quote unquote marketing to that. And then like you are target, you know, targeting a certain audience, you know, so, um, so, you know, that's what I think. And so people talk about it like, oh, it's changed. It's like, no, it didn't change. Like, there's still basement shows, and there's, there's probably basement shows in your town, you know, in everyone's town. You just don't go anymore, and so you're not part of that scene. It's like, 
for better or worse, I think that's the difference. Like, there's still basement shows in Milwaukee. Dan and I haven't been to one in 100 years, and it's not not because we're cooler than that, but it's just not what we do anymore, you know? And so that's why those shows don't happen, because they do happen, we just don't know about it. And I could be wrong, but that's totally the way I see it. Like, <laughs> I think those things totally still occur. And maybe the times have changed, too, but I think it's mostly that. Yeah, that's actually... I didn't even think of it that way with... Yeah, you're right. It's just these... They just didn't know. You didn't know about it. And <laughs> I'm sure there's right. shows tonight happening that I'm completely clueless exactly, on. Exactly, <laughs> right. And there probably is, like... There's probably, a, like, a pop band from Green Bay playing in town with something, like, some, like, almost hardcore band here in somebody's basement, but it's just, like, put on by somebody who lives in this house. And so they kind of, like, know somebody who knows somebody. And so that's how it's working out, like it's probably been that way forever and people just pass in and out of the scene and that's why they like resent the new school versus the old school because they think they're still at school but they're not <laughs> you know they're just, it's, it's not even the same world you know like but but i don't know like i say that stuff and i feel like yeah that's totally right but at the same time i'm like maybe that's totally wrong <laughs> so i mean i don't i don't know but that's that's kind of the way i think yeah, the, I view it. I view it anyways, and just like I just am somewhere else, you know. Like I'm at kids' events and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I don't go to basement shows, so like my life has changed. Like whatever, <laughs> like those, you know. People, I mean, that's you know, people have to, you know, there's got to be 18 year olds out there, and like you know, those you know people and people who've stuck with it who are like, you know, pulling their weight, and that's kind of how why punk survives, you know. Yeah. The the first time I think I saw you guys was um, Jimmy Eat World opened Florida State University. I think it was ninety seven or something. It was three dollars. Yeah. What'd you Actually, say? No, I said Dave and I were just talked about that show. Was that with wait who, who did we op- who opened for us? Jimmy World. Jimmy Eat World. It was three dollars and it was random because I was I went to school in North Carolina. The show was in Florida. We were at Tallahassee for spring break bunch of my buddies and i dragged them all to the show and they were miserable like they were like this is so loud and what is this and now uh, they all have kids they're all like and they mention this show all the time they're like remember tom when you brought us to that show and I'm like you guys are ridiculous what 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 were some of your memories from that show that i i just remember standing like four feet from the stage and i don't even remember how many people were there and was was that uh now was that at on campus. On campus. Yeah, it was like like a a coffee shop bar thing that like had some sort of tropical name. Am I right? Oh, I don't Do even remember? remember. I have the flyer. I should I should scan it for you guys and show we, it to we, you. Oh, yeah, yeah, Did we play there twice? Then once with Jimmy World and once with Bernie and Airlines. I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Um. Like, yeah. Unless Bernie Airlines played that show. We definitely played there with Jimmy. I remember playing there with Jimmy World because they're. They were like driving their van all over like the sidewalks that like inner that interweave <laughs> between buildings, and they had like they had just we just like met up with them because meeting up from Wisconsin to Arizona was always like the big trick with touring with them. Was like, all right, where do we do we hook up in Seattle or do we hook up in you know in Texas or whatever? And I think we just met up with them, and they had like a they had just bought a brand new van, and then they, like dragged it across the side of like a pole or something. So their whole van was great. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe yeah, you should okay. stop driving on sidewalks or something. Yeah, stop yeah, driving I, through I remember, the quad. <laughs> right. I remember vivid, vividly being like, "Well, I know not how they got scrapes on their van now," <laughs> but I don't remember the. Sh- I don't literally don't remember a second of the show. I just remember that one thing about that, and it being Florida State. 
<laughs> That's funny. You guys are just talking about that. Yeah, some, somebody brought it up with us two days ago. It's so weird. It, it honestly doesn't come up that much. So I mean, just the band in general yeah. doesn't come up that much. So, <laughs> so the fact that one evening comes up, you know, twice in one week is weird. Yeah. The was that was that fun touring with them? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they're. I, I think they we clicked with them probably more than we clicked with. You know, I mean, definitely in the two or three bands that I feel like we connected with, like multiple of us, you know, on you know, in different ways. So they, we did a lot of, a lot of shows with them. And then, you know, I've continued on over the years to keep playing with them a little bit too. So, yeah. And I, I feel like, um, I think the last time they, my memory is obviously completely shot from which many shows, but I mean, they definitely took you guys out and, I thought it was just great that they kind of referenced you in one of the songs. Just the, you could just see the love <laughs> versus, you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're great. They're great guys. They've always been great guys. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's funny because uh, you mentioned it too, is we uh, we did a bunch of tours with, uh, and maybe this is uh, the benefit of some of these type of interviews, but we did a bunch of shows with Christy Front Drive, like kind of, in, I don't remember how exactly we got to be friends with them. But we did like you know little little Midwestern tours or whatever with them, and they would keep on rattling on like you guys have to tour with Jimmy World. They're this they're totally right up your alley. It would go so great, and we were always like, yeah, okay, fine, that's weird. Like never heard of this band or whatever. Yeah. But then we you know we met them and I was like, yeah, actually they're really really good. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and like. I think Jim came out to a show we played in Phoenix and we met and he's like, Oh yeah, you know, Carrie McDonald said we should meet. And at that point, the scene was about as big as your, you know, palm. So yeah. Yeah. It made sense. Like, yeah, it's, of course you would come out and meet because our friend of a friend of a friend said, yeah, you guys came along. Like that at that point made sense, you know? So, yeah. Now it's like, nah, that's all right. <laughs> yeah. And we, I think we played one or two shows together. And I was like, wow, cool. Yeah. You guys are great. This is fun. You know? And I, you know, I think at that point there was a lot of this, you know, we were, still kind of a hard you know post hardcore or whatever you would call us you know and so there wasn't i think we were at that point searching for a band and i think they probably felt you know the same way like searching for a band that wasn't exactly the same but at least was like we didn't have to apologize for ourselves every night being like sorry we're not hard enough yeah <laughs> now, like once again you know, or like, you know, so I think it ended up being like this is kind of a safe harbor for us. So and then we, you know, got on pretty well as well. Yeah, Eric is. I, I've gotten to I actually randomly met him through a mutual friend like eight years ago, and then went up to him at the reunion show, and and we actually hit it off because of Jeff Bridges, which is a random thing. But he like he, the dude is. Eric is completely the nicest dude and just has all these like pontifications about bands and, you know, and, you know, Jimmy World was a punk band before I talked to them and all these things that I saw, I saw Mineral and this, I, I he, when he's, he's just for stories, he's out of control. So that's cool. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So if yeah, you got... I, I, I honestly don't think I've seen him in 15 years. Well, when you come back to New York, you'll definitely tell him to come. Um, <laughs> Yeah, because he, he's been, in New York now, right? Yes. Yeah. He's been in New York or something. I think he moved to New York. Maybe earlier than that. Like he's been there forever. Yeah. And but, a ton of bands, like Antarctica, the one oh one. So Yeah, we played with Antarctica a couple of times. 
Um, but they, I think at that point that, you know, they were trying to get away from what we were doing, <laughs> you yeah. know, in the, in the same way we were trying to get away from hardcore, they were trying to get away from, indie. you know, what, you know, indie, right. They were like shoegazing and this type of thing. And, yeah. You know, so, so well, yeah, so we didn't really do it. Didn't see much of those guys after that, but, um, was it, was there like a, uh, was there a record that you guys could leave on in the van between shows back then that no one would kind of say like turn that off or keep it going was there one that you could always rely on uh or... i don't know sunvolt trace I... yeah sunvolt traces but there was who was that was i have lot. i've never heard of them what uh, they were like tell me You're not... really <laughs> yeah. you ever heard of the band Wilco? yes okay well so uncle tupelo was basically uh uh Jay Farrar and uh, <laughs> Jeff Tweedy, and uh, they broke up, and one formed Wilco, and the other formed Sunvolt, and then they went their separate ways, right? Yeah. Wilco is Wilco, but the first Sunvolt record slays everything that, in my personal humble opinion, yeah. uh, slays everything Wilco has ever done. It's an album called Trace, and it's uh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, li- I listened to it just recently, and it's it's just as mind blowing and amazing as it was back then <laughs> um yeah but but anyway so yeah it's just that's you know there was this one band uncle tupelo and it split and there's formed two bands and obviously one became a monster success and i don't even know if sunvolt's still around or what jay farrar's doing i know ben gibbard yeah, did a record he was, yeah he was doing solo stuff but it's so yeah. it's totally funny it's i think like all of the moderate greatness of all the wilco records and there's a lot of greatness <laughs> you know uh, I think it's like they used up in one record because the rest of some, the next couple of Sunvolt records were just not good. Yeah, it just got to get in person or sort of same, you know, because the one good thing about Wilco is that they always changed themselves and always reinvented themselves. The one problem with, with Sunvolt is that it was sort of samey. So the more, yeah. like, they did, they made their masterpiece in Trace, and again, my opinion, uh, that every record after that, there was like, well, just not as good as that. Whereas Wilco was like, oh, well, that record isn't as good as the last one, but at least it's totally different. And there's some like really cool things that they're trying in there that for the whole record, it didn't really, doesn't really, you know, keep my attention, but at least these few songs are amazing, blah, 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 you know, that right. sort of thing. So, yeah. I, I would know. say, I would say the three, the three records that I think we all kind of felt at the same time were that one. I felt, uh, I remember having one fall tour where Weezer Pinkerton, Mm-hmm. And that was probably mostly Jason, and we all just, you know, re- we relented to his uh, repetition of it, maybe. Uh, but uh, that record we listened to a kajillion times, and I think uh, Pet Shop Boys Vary, which was the orange, orange is that right, Dan, the orange one? Yeah. The studded, the studded plastic cover. Uh, yeah. Those three records, I think, got um, just a gigantic amount of play um, before, you know, before we got tired of each other and just doesn't yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. When is Torn? Well, before we all got disc bands. <laughs> right. <laughs> <Or why? Yeah>. Right. <laughs> when I did, before before Discman became inexpensive. Oh man. <laughs> I bought a Discman on CompuServe and the CompuServe was text based only. There were no graphics. Nice. It was wow. crazy. my dad is like, I think we just bought something on the internet. Like I remember him saying that. <laughs> <laughs> and it showed awesome. up like two days later, and we were like blown away. I was like, "Whoa!" Nice. 
That was random. Well, that's great. You said wow. Disc Man. I think that's the third yeah. time this has been referenced on the on the podcast. Hey, does hey that? Oh, wait, the funny thing is, is that at our at our studio, we're you know we're rehearsing, recording stuff. There is a Disc Man there. <laughs> that's how we listen to like when we relearn songs and we don't have the song on our you know our iPads or, or iPods or whatever. Like the have the uh, we have to use the Disc Man. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I've got. We've got the disc man, but uh, you know, it's hooked up to speakers and the whole deal, man. It's pretty great. That's awesome. We got a, we got, we got a pretty sweet setup, man. Oh, that sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, you got to come over and listen to the record on our stereo sometime. <laughs> I mean, that's how kids mostly listen to them through, you know, crappy speakers. Right. Exactly. That's how you need to know. That's how you mix. You, hey, man, don't diss our speakers, man. Our speakers thump. I meant those are fantastic Zenith speakers. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, do you think you guys uh, back then would be uh, Instagramming, tweeting, putting YouTube updates from the road? Would you see yourselves doing that back then, or would you kind of say, all right, we're going to have some ghost blogger help us out? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I, you know what? I think part of me thinks no. <sighs> But, but part of me. Thinks I mean, I that actually think like having fun with it. <sighs> I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, but I, we were pretty like with our website. Like we, up, we uploaded like, like videos and stuff like those goofy ones where I like rode a bike into a stack of chairs and stuff. Like we, we did that. I mean, right. so like we would, we weren't opposed to sharing stupid shit, which is what the internet is now. So it's like, right. I think it's, I think, I think we would have. Early on, absolutely no. But when we kind of stopped caring, yes, would have definitely. Right. Yeah, we would have put like, we would exactly put that. We would have we would have put up videos of Dan crashing into uh, into walls of chairs, and uh, uh, we would have put pictures of us trying to get into our own show on the guest list with a mask. Um, yeah, it's like it would, it would, no, it's basically that because like we used to take all these Polaroids, right? You know, and we would have these books and books of like Polaroids that we'd take on tour. So we and we would share them. We'd, we'd like obviously have people look at them and hey, isn't this funny? Look at this stupid crap we did. So yeah, no, we would have been just the same thing. We would just would have posted it. Right. Yeah. As far as like actual youthful content, no, no way. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but all that stuff probably in math. Well, so, I feel yeah, like probably, yeah. we had this we had this fan of the opera mask. That we'd always wear. Oh my god! Remember that thing? I, I I just happened to like somehow I think Scott uh, Shanebeck like e- emailed me a bunch of photos and like just randomly like some of those would pop up. It was yeah. We we're just we we're just bored. Like we you know like we like when touring became sort of like not that it you know like not fun anymore, but like when we played you know Buffalo for the now this would be the fifth time going through Buffalo like. Right. You start doing, you just start trying to do anything to entertain yourself from the sort of mundane repetition of like, you know, driving, sound check, you know, playing, hotel, driving, you know, blah, 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 you know, like the whole, the whole thing. So, yeah, we, we, we do a lot of thrift, thrift store shopping to find like wigs and masks and what have you. Right. Well, I thought too, your videos, I mean, your video, look, I had not, obviously videos weren't all over the place and I sometimes wouldn't stay up for 120 minutes and and I would I got the records would listen to them and then I saw those videos I'm like okay these guys are funny 
they have a sense of humor about what's going on, and that's kind of the thing that was like, okay, there's something else to this. Um, and obviously a lot of the sports references and things. Um, I think that kind of definitely... I don't think we ever... We, I don't think we, like, despite what some people might have thought of us, I don't think we ever took ourselves too seriously. You know? Yeah. Like, like half the stuff we did, we did with our like tongue planted firmly in our cheek. Do you know what I mean? Like, we never really... Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think, I mean, I mean, yeah, it ranged between funny and not funny, but it was never like, no, this is serious. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, we never thought, yeah, this is like, this is this is super emotional stuff. Yeah. Pay attention. Like, we never thought of it that way. It was more like, it's fun and it's funny, or it's fun and it didn't turn out as funny as we'd hoped. But, you know, it was never anything but in that spectrum, you know. The rollerblader was funny. Yeah, yeah, that video was uh, was pretty good. It's Darren Doan, the director, is, is he's a he's a he's a funny guy. So. Yeah, I was actually just watching that today, laughing, and I was like, oh my god, this is this is you know, like you know, Blink took something from this, like it's just this kind of <laughs> like just off the wall, trying not to be too serious. Um, yeah. The uh, with the reunion stuff, I mean the. Obviously, um, what were some of the deciding factors, and how does it feel? Like I had a I had a recent friend that had a ten year reunion for his band and sold out shows, and he just kind of came up to me after and said, "It just just feel great to feel that energy, to feel that crowd, to play those songs again." Um, what's the? I mean, is I mean, just what was sort of some of the things you guys thought about, and that what were some of the feelings? I don't think there was much that we thought about. Yeah, we haven't really thought this. We actually haven't thought this thing through yet. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're still thinking it through. So it's okay. like, I mean, yeah. so so like half of it is like, for at least for you know, for me is is just being completely one hundred percent terrified, you know, because like it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, that's a great idea, let's do it, yeah, and then you're like, oh shit, that we got to yeah, do this. Yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean? So it's like, oh, now we have to do you know, like put the actual work into this and to make it work and happen, and uh, you know, then it. Then that sort of excitement and turns to total terror. Right. So I, I mean, I, it, yeah. I'm in between, lawfully and in between there. Some days I'm like, oh, that, yeah, no, it'll be fun, it'll be great, whatever. But then other days it's like, holy shit, we got to do this. Oh my god, I got to learn all these songs and blah. blah. Yeah, I'm 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 actually looking forward to playing because that is, yeah, I think that is the cathartic. Like, oh yeah, this is actually fun, and we haven't done this in so long that this is actually going to be a lot of fun, you know. Um, but I'm I'm currently in the stage of like oh shit we weren't very good you know like uh, yeah. you know like I've listened to some of the music like some of the really old stuff and I was like oh my lord like um, wow people are gonna remember how not great we were like we maybe we were better off being like this thing that like influenced all these popular bands that nobody's heard of. You know, instead of like, oh yeah, now we get to hear them and they're not great. <laughs> you know, like, so I'm in the, I'm in that terror stage. But only, yeah, yeah, like people reality. watch it be like, that's, that's why they're not as popular as they were. Right, or people that even did totally love it are going to be like, oh, right. Like, this, this didn't age well. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, I know that that's probably, for the most part, not true, but that's like the... Your feelings, that, Yeah feeling right now is like oh because <laughs> you, know, like, you know well we put out we put out um 
you know, a tweet or whatever saying like, uh, yeah, throw some song ideas at us just to kind of keep the conversation going. And, you know, we've never, you know, no one ever has had the chance to interact with the band. Like, why not? let them have their say we have no idea what the barometer is for what people want to hear of i actually did some research oh yeah i did some research by the way it's uh we that was the craziest the results the result of that was the craziest thing i'd ever heard like what those are the songs you want to hear what were what were some of the ones that you weren't expecting just deep 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 cuts like the b-sides of b-sides basically you know like yeah, uh, well, I, I don't know, Dan. You, well, I mean, probably all the songs that, you know, if he did hear us, did see us play, we didn't play it then. And That's where my know. list came from. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's a lot of those where it's like, I mean, somebody, the one that that uh, I actually laughed at was Sea of Cortez. Ah. Where it's like, I don't, like, I, I couldn't, if you gave me three tries, play one note in that song. Wow. I mean, I'm, I will at some point probably have to go back and figure it out, but... I mean, we stopped playing that. It's a first record song that we never played probably on the tour for the first record, you know, like much less later on. So it's like some of those are like. Yeah, that was definitely one. I mean, that's the one that we did play, and then what right. the ones that we then was first to stop playing. You know, like right, of right. all the songs that we were like, oh, we have kind of new songs now and we're working on. <laughs> all right, stuff. let's dump Sia Cortez. <laughs> right, seriously. You just wasted 13 of your 140 characters on Sea of Cortez. <laughs> That's wow, awesome. like that—that is not what I expected, you know. Like, so, but it's—I mean, it's probably—it's awesome. I think it's—it's it's good, you know. It's like good when people—it's good that people are basically all over the place. I mean, if there was just like, you know, six thousand tweets at you saying they want to hear the ten songs off, nothing feels good. It would be boring, you know. So I'm glad that people are requesting, like, you know ridiculous songs here i actually have some of mine if you don't mind if if i can add them to the list let's do it uh off off boys and girls tell everyone we are dead um okay that's actually one of my favorite songs um that 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 one one we're gonna do that i I would imagine yeah that one i don't have any problems with all right great oh i'm all right um uh electric pink i love that song i think that's a great song That's fine. Okay. That's a song. Uh, Arms in Danger yeah. off Very Emergency. Lot, yeah, that that one's been getting some attention. I, I like that song too. Um, I can't remember how the chorus goes now, but um, I know how it starts. We uh, that song will always be etched into my mem- my memory because we played it. We played that song at Summerfest right like after I had my first brain surgery. And uh, and I totally spaced on it, and we had to stop the song in the middle of it in front of like quite a few people. And yeah, and I uh, and I instantly yeah, back to and I, we weren't band. Come on, <laughs> right? Well, yeah, and I instantly said something, uh, you know, because I didn't have any and there's nowhere else to go. But I was like, I just had brain surgery, so you know, I said something, you know, making reference to like, oh well. You know, a guy gets well, a guy gets one mulligan for brain surgery, right? You know, That's or just a good something. One. Yeah, just like when am I? When else? You know, I totally spaced on a song. It's so embarrassing. So it's like <laughs> I'm going to use the brain for you know. And it was, so I'm always I'll remember that. Like you know how you like remember 
uh, just moments. Like, I don't remember the whole 10 years. I just remember, you know, you just little remember snippets, like, yeah, yeah, a little 10 or 15 seconds. And that's one of the 10 or 15 seconds that's like etched into my <laughs> human experience forever where I'm standing there like, oh no, we have to stop this. Like none of us know where we are because of me, <laughs> you know? That's and, awesome. Uh, yeah. Just kind of that frozen moment where it's like, if I close my eyes, will people stop seeing me? Is so, <laughs> everyone naked? Like, Shit. Right. It's like, yeah, can I picture everyone? No. Okay. So, that's a good one. Um, yeah. So that song, well, I mean, every time it, someone mentions it, I think about that standing there like, oh, crap. <laughs> uh, a broke tenor off Nothing Feels Good. I love the dinner scene opening because it reminds me of hardcore <laughs> records because they always had to have some like intro of like a horror movie or something and yeah. I and that was like I was like alright I think that's I, I just love that little opening yeah we had, I, think I, I, love it. I love it now that's my favorite opening now because you just <laughs> called it a dinner scene <laughs> what is it is it just it's, people chatting uh, it's, yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess it was like I have no yeah. idea what was the content. Like there is some like clinking glasses. Glasses, yeah. So I think it was more like a party. Yeah, or some some sort of. Yeah, vibe. oh, that's what we were trying to do was a party. <laughs> but uh, that's right. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, but, yeah. Not, I think there was like, like some clinging glasses and us trying to like talk. Like we're talking and there's lots of different conversations. <laughs> Uh, which I guess is a dinner vibe too. That that's funny. I just feel like but someone was talking yeah. about politics, and then you guys. I you know I would much prefer actually just doing the straight up hardcore thing where it's like, hey Johnny, yeah, let's play this, let's play this song. <laughs> All right. All right, Rizzo or whatever. Yeah. And then you're, you know, and then like, I'm walking here. Yeah, it's like let's show them how we do it on the Lower East Side. Okay. Some yeah, like some like yeah, you could just have the guy the from Sub Zero. Yeah, right. So then you then the horn. Yeah, I mean that's I would much prefer. But see, then the bass comes in, but it's like you never could hear it. You could never hear the bass <laughs> ever on any hardcore bar band record ever. So like, yeah, Johnny, let's do this. And then like, it just sounds like silence before the drums come in. It's ridiculous. Right. I think you should get Madball to come it, when you guys play New York, because you will be. I, I'm sorry, I'm telling you, you need to play New York City. When you play New York, have Madball come and. Maybe have to do the opening before that song. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, uh, yeah, we'll have we'll do we'll do the we'll do a Brooklyn Center with them doing recreating the the dinner scene uh, with them clinking glasses. It'll be great. This whole this whole thing will be made worth worthwhile by such sentences as "Come to New York, Madball will be there." <laughs> okay, <laughs> you know, like any any such experiences. You got to come to New York. Madball could come. You know, like. That wouldn't have ever been said if we didn't do this. So. We just go out there and do our thing. That's it. We play, you know, and uh, whatever. We feed off the energy of the people, and we just we do our thing. You could be from Japan. You could be from Europe. It's a way of life. As long as you keep it real and you do it from your heart, that's being hardcore, you know? It's a pair of jeans that make you hardcore. You know, baggy jeans or a hardcore shirt. You know, it's a way of life for all of us. I mean, it's not 1982, so you can't expect everything to sound the same as it did 12 years ago. But at the same time, sometimes I feel people are a little too far removed, like they kind of forgot some of the roots of the music. And we definitely try to hold on to that. We don't really, like, think about it too much. We don't, we don't like, practice moves or anything like that. We just, when it's time to play, we go out there and do our thing.
chatting um at the end of um the last time was about the songs you guys were picking i know you guys had a couple practices um is that has how is that coming together has there been some arguments or figuring out what songs to play uh no it's been super fine yeah no it yeah, was, uh, exactly. i think it's yeah, made a lot of sense you know like you know especially if there were any disagreements i think most of them were quelled pretty good by uh I actually playing the song, I was like, "Oh yeah, that's obvious." <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, the other two, uh, I think we went through um, most of the records. The last two records, I had two requests. One is "We Don't Like Romance" on Thirty Degrees Everywhere. I know it's an instrumental, but I didn't know if that's going to make the cut or not. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's not, not on any <laughs> list I've seen. That's yeah, all right. That's all right. I don't believe yet any human being uh, has asked for that yet. So. I feel I feel now even more embarrassed. Um, no, no, and no. Then... It's, it's, uh, everyone's got their own thing. Yeah, and then uh, East Texas Avenue on Horace Latitudes. We uh, we yeah. have we've yeah yeah, that yeah that, that, sure. we'll do that at some point. Rad, cool. We we um, we ran through it a few times this weekend. So nice. Um, I loved how uh, you figured out to pick up Jason via Twitter. <laughs> that was absolutely uh, hilarious, Dan. He, he, yeah, he got at me. I was like, that's weird, dude. Just text me. He's like, <laughs> yeah. Todd, Todd Bell does that a lot, too. He always gets me on there, too. It's like, dude, just call me or text me. And you, don't need to, you don't need to tell the world that you're, you know, <laughs> that my daughter took a comb of yours. <laughs> that's good. Um I guess, um, you know, I wanted to talk about Woodwater really quickly, and obviously, um, I actually listen to that one a lot more now as I got older, um, and I think, you know, I think a lot of people I talk to sort of um, does that. Um, looking back on it, um, was there, have, have you heard that from other people, or is it something that, you know, at that time it was just a, um, you know, with the Bad Religion tour and everything and kind of it ending, what was some of the thoughts around that? Well, Dave, you talk uh, to people at those. What what are people saying? Uh, well, the people I talked to at those shows were pretty much saying, "If I can get past past this bouncer, I'm going to kill you." <laughs> so, <laughs> those are pretty much. Well, I guess not necessarily the tour, but just the record itself. I mean, I just I mean, I've had a lot of people come up and say, you know, I've I've listened to Woodwater again and I fell in love with it. I just yeah. did you guys well, kind think, of? Well, the uh, I I do remember that Bad Religion had like had asked us to do this tour kind of at the same time we were realizing what our band was, you know, the future state, I guess, of our band, you know? So, you know, we kind of looked at it like, well, this is an opportunity. Like, if we can survive and, like, do our songs and do what we do in this environment, like, it shouldn't be very difficult to do it for our fans. Yeah. And I think that was sort of the M.O., um, but maybe we should have just done one show with them instead of 20 yeah. or so or whatever it was because it just became really like way too antagonistic and not enough of just trying to play and you know but i don't know i don't know if, i don't know what the other part of that question was sorry Oh no, just more of like I, I, as as people have gotten older i've had more people mention not yeah. they're not they're not listening to nothing feels good they're listening to woodwater 
um, I feel, which yeah, I thought was kind of interesting. It's uh, what's really funny is that I feel like most people, and maybe Dan can probably second this, is most people when they come up is like, man, I love Woodwater, <laughs> which is, I mean, not that surprising to me. Like I always thought it was a really good record. I mean, I actually fallen. I think at the time I thought it was a really good record, and I have backpedaled from that a little bit. I think it's it's had some really cool beginnings. I mean, I think we we had a really interesting path that we just mm-hmm. you know never followed. So, so I, I used to think it was a lot better than I think it is now, but um, but I, I like it as well. So I like doesn't necessarily surprise me here. Like you know, I never thought it was as bad as the initial reaction I guess you know any jams for that for the reunion stuff did you guys figure any out or mm-hmm. yeah, nice. yeah 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 all right yeah, good there, some of those although, kind of, although apparently apparently Corey Butler who is uh, at core jam butt is uh, wants Tully Run with Ed such a classic also preferably nothing from Woodwater <laughs> that's someone on Twitter <laughs> just just read that just read it yeah it's <laughs> It's um, a time, timely, timely uh, read there on my end. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> so, right, well, well, just like, um, just like the entire existence of our band, he'll be both really happy and really sad. <laughs> I love that. That's, that's, awesome. that's, what, that's what happens. <laughs> um, you can't please, you can't please everybody. I tell you that. No. Uh, uh, well, just quickly switching gears, and we'll f- um, is the sports. I've always felt you guys had um, a love of sports. You always had, you know, you had some videos with um, sports references and the ringers with uh, each of the band members on the back in different sizes. Um, right. Any favorite memories from just sports in general? And um, has there ever been any, you know, bands that have or uh, uh, athletes that you've met that? You know, no, because a friend from Milwaukee told me that at County Stadium, I guess a, a friend of yours or something would always play Promise Ring stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, and funny. I thought that was I was I thought that was amazing. <laughs> Here's yeah. what super what the the full hilarious story about this is um they started playing like the very emergency stuff like before the record came out. Wow! <laughs> because the guy was like you know, into it and it somehow acquired a promo copy. And so the first time I heard it was like before the record came out and we just happened to be at a game early in the spring, you know, before we had a, a covered roof and it was terrible weather and you could barely hear the sound system and someone had a tapping on the shoulder like, man, I think they're playing your song, <laughs> you know? And, and at this point we didn't, you know, still thought of ourselves as like a band that played in, you know, really, really small places. So, that was really shocking. Then we found, then we like met the guy at a show, like, Hey, I'm the guy, you know, like I'm the guy who plays your songs. Uh, but then the, as I, I'm sensing you're a sports fan. So this is the only reason I'm belaboring this story. But, uh, the Anastasios bought the, you know, they became the owners and that's the name, right? Is it Dan Camula. Does that sound right? I, I, I think so. I don't know. Yeah. Actually. Uh, well, anyways, the new owner came in and his wife was all like, here's the playlist. And so the DJ guy who was into our band was like, I'm not playing the playlist. I'm out of here. So he quit. He quit uh, like five or six years passes. And then eventually her like mandatory list of songs just gets kind of like tossed out. Um, 
and then they hire an, a new guy to play the songs. But apparently, uh, this I'm, I heard I heard this story just like a couple months ago. The new guy's real lazy and doesn't like have any ideas or anything. So he's basically gone back to the old stuff before she gave the mandatory list, which includes a bunch of very emergency songs. Amazing. So uh, yeah, I heard I heard very emergency at the on the this year against the Diamondbacks at the playoffs. That's awesome. Just like, weird. It's like, you know, it's like, I don't know how many albums I've put out since then, but they're still playing. And it was something really weird, like a deep cut, like Happy Hour. I don't know, Dan, I don't even know if we've had this conversation, but it was like a song that was like, this isn't even like a single, like, or even anything remotely like, resembling a single. But here it comes during the break, you know, when the pirates are bringing a relief picture. Like, so, kind of funny. Somebody, like, I don't somebody, think Right, and the guy yeah, probably has no idea. It's just like this is a song I can play, so I'll play it. So, um, the uh, yeah, somebody was somebody got at me about the like because <clears throat> during the playoffs they did that weird thing where they interview the coach while the game's going on, which I always thought was kind of weird. But um, well, on TV, someone overheard our song playing in the background while one of the coaches was being interviewed. You know, so yeah, it's, it's just funny, you know. So weird. That's that's um, that's your small town Milwaukee experience, like in a nut in a nutshell. Yeah, it's, like, it's just one person has to know who you are, and they just happen to have a job, and then it kind of never goes away, you know. Yeah, well, that was my my coworkers from Milwaukee, and I I hit him up, and I was like, hey, I'm talking to Promising tonight. Is there anything? He's like, you gotta ask him about the, you know the games at County. Um, right. So I guess I mean, you had to be from Milwaukee to know. <laughs> right. It's literally like, yeah. I mean, it was still County Stadium when they originally played it too. Yeah. So, but I was I was surprised when it came back. It was like, what in the world would situation could cause like, you know, we haven't played in a while. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> of all the music in all the world, that's the stuff that comes back. It's not even like, you know, it's, you know, music. That, that from, must be like, a dusty mix CD. That has to be exactly like, <laughs> like that's that's exactly the uh, hilarious point to me. Like, you know, over the ages, how much music has been played in you know in a baseball stadium, and then they're like, you know, what? How about this one? <laughs> you know, some, you know, like it seems like it's so coordinated that something like that would never happen. Like you'd think, well, let's just play Nickelback. Or let's just put, you know, whatever is hot at the time, you know, like, let's just, I mean, if it's somebody who's that obviously not up on the time <laughs> or like interested in like playing something that's current they're into, you'd think that they would just go anywhere else. But what do you, what do you know? Yeah, so, that's awesome. And yeah, that... it was cool to, it was cool to be there. And then like my son, who's a crazy sports fan for him to, uh, hear it and you know that's relevant well yeah totally validating for me like what if it's at if it's at a sports stadium you know that is a lot cooler it is yeah Um, i always thought back then you know obviously the 90s or i always remember there'd be like wait you like sports how do you like music too and it was like i don't know (laughs) and i always felt you guys kind of straddled where it was like i kind of i remember looking be like all right see they're playing sports in their videos what's wrong why is owen telling me that i can't like sports you know or something yeah i mean mike kinsella owen i i was at uh let's see i was at a mac rock and i remember I th- it was definitely Owen. I forget 
who said it or but someone I think said something about sports and he kind of was like why do you like sports that's stupid and then like yeah. went into a song and this, uh, this, this is the guy who would literally oh God, show from him him important, if it was important Chicago Blackhawks game he wouldn't even play so, really yeah, he was just ki- I'm sure he was just kidding to be like you know perpetuate that whole like musicians don't like sports that oh i like that so he was just totally b- doing the hard line on it oh, i like that yeah he's he's a, he's a smart cookie that one <laughs> yes um but, cool. yeah it's weird it's just a weird, i mean i think <laughs> i think that's kind of how it started ironically for me is like when there was like nothing else to say i thought you know it i thought it was funny or it would be funny cuz i'm so over the top that i can pretty much name everyone who's ever played on any one of your teams in any one of your cities. So, you know, you can start like, so how about whatever, whatever happened, um, you know, Mark Gastineau, you know, or whatever. <laughs> You're just like naming these players who are like, you know, ancient history and then somebody. But then it became this weird thing where people would like start talking to me. As soon as we got on stage, they'd be like yelling at us like, Brett Favre, he sucks. Or <laughs> like, you know, you do that 30 nights in a row and you're like, okay, Brett Favre sucks. It's, not I get true, it. <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> you know, like you just, it, I think it like it kind of, you know, maybe built up to you know got to be like the thing, and then it gets boring, you know. Yeah, I I always I think it connects people too. The, I mean, I remember um, a friend, um, uh, used to manage ministry, had he said he told me that Al Jorgensen wanted to go to the Mets, and I'm a huge Mets fan, so I brought him to a Mets game. And it was absolutely one of the most surreal things ever to like ha- have him watch a game with you. But I just loved that you could connect music, you know, with with uh, with sports, and it totally works. And sports people want to be musicians, and you know, mm-hmm. musicians yeah. want to be sports. So that's the yeah, that's the other the full circle conversation here tonight is the uh, the closer for the Brewers, who's like everyone kind of loves, and he's like that accidental hero, you know, he's bagging groceries two years ago whatever he comes out to the refused which is like oh you're right yeah he comes out to and it's an old it's old refused too it's like back in the day refused and uh wow yeah which is kind of awesome <laughs> like you know and because people have like bought into him like when they hear that song they're like here comes axford here comes the Axford. yeah <laughs> you know, <it's> like, <laughs> So they hear like Swedish punk and they're like, yes, <laughs> you know, it's like total, you know, middle America, Wisconsinites, you know, hear that one guitar riff and they're like, all right, we're going to win this game. So, oh, I'm so glad he didn't pick the donuts. <laughs> totally. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's funny cool. how sometimes it's a weird pervasive thing, you know? Yeah. Um, any th- kind of more stuff from the B-Sides record? Anything kind of that you guys are psyched about or something that you maybe didn't remember or, or is that oh, really much well, and no, nothing that we really want to remember too well uh, yeah I mean it's, it's yeah. You, you, we're digging back you get some skeletons that you want to kind of keep in the closet and be like ooh I wish I didn't rehear that <laughs> but uh, yeah it's funny how like you know the, the, the funny thing about it is we've been like suggesting songs to each other and I mean there's like actual mp3s of these songs and it's like you hear like, remember this song? No, not at all. And then it's like, well, I'm gonna, I'll email it to you. And then they email it to you, and you're like, no, I still have no idea. I've never heard that song. I know that's my voice, but I've never heard that song in my life. You know, 
Yeah, yeah like really a lot of the stuff that we've been sharing has live, you know, live drums on it and stuff, and like we, you know, so it's like a legit like demo of it. You know, it's not just like some you know drum machine that we clicked through down there just to get an idea of the song. And I was just like, I don't remember that at all. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah, like I must have at some point knew how it go it went, but now I don't even remember ever doing it. So. And it's not only that, not only the, the, like, how long did it take us to actually write that song? Like, it's not like, you know, I, you know what I mean? Like, that's a whole process that I don't, I don't even remember that. Like, like not only did I don't, I don't remember writing it, which takes a while. I don't remember recording it, which takes a while. And then I don't remember ever, like, listening to it once we did record right, it. Right, like, considering it as a, you know, whether it's a good song or not. Like just, yeah, gone from memory. Very, very odd. It's like very telling of like how much stuff from your entire life that you've probably for like long since forgotten, you know? Yeah. Well, it's like when you see a photo that you forgot that you had or, you know, you're in like some crazy, you know, Halloween costume. You're like, I don't remember that. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, I guess, you know, married life, kids growing up. Um, and them kind of perceiving your music in your band. Has any kids, like, stopped by, speaking of Halloween, like, stopped by at the house and went, holy crap, a, you know, a picture postcard. Like, did anyone do that? Or um, maybe that would just be me and my friends. But, um... Yeah, I think the people who would know <laughs> would be too old. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I was going to think, yeah, the thing is, like, it's such a kind of a small town that people just know, oh, yeah, just that's him, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I, you know what, I think... Not, I mean, not a big deal. Not, not a big deal at all. I've seen that a, guy couple, a couple of times... Um, a couple of times I've run into people who are, you know, quote unquote fans. Um, but the last, and it's really few and far between, but they're always, and the last, the two that are popping out that happened this year were, were, uh, and this is very telling. <laughs> one of them was literally going around in a circle on a carousel. Uh, for Dan, it was at Bay Beach. Um, and there was like a couple next to me holding their like two year old daughter. <laughs> And I was just standing between my kids. And he's like, hey, promising, man. <laughs> I was like, yeah, carousel. You know, like, totally weird place to be like, so you got kids too, you know. So I guess then, we can hang out now. Right. Yeah, then I then the other one I was at a museum with the you know had my family and then some guy came up to me he's like oh my god you in the promise ring and he had like four kids with him and i was like you got bigger fish to fry man go chase those guys so, that was, that's, that's you know good. pretty much you know the only place you see people uh, you know that, that would know you would be if they have like those similar lives like you do like you know when they're with their families at like the yeah thing that you do you know that's awesome so, yeah you don't um, actually you know see people at are still rockers like at bars because you're not there you know <laughs> you're totally not there now i mean just like my facebook feed is just babies now so right. yeah. that's all i'm seeing yeah one facebook feed is a really good uh parameter for where they are socially <laughs> yeah. um and i mean speaking kind of farther ahead i mean another maritime record have you ever thought of rekindling vermont are those things you know thought about yeah i mean i, I would think we're I mean, I mean, Vermont. I mean, Maritime. You know, there's, you know, we'll, we'll do what we can while we're doing this other stuff. You know, so um, that's, you know, kind of not a non-issue or whatever. Uh, but the, but yeah, Vermont. We talk about it once in a while, but it never really seems to, because we have so much other crap going on in our lives. It just, you know, I don't even know how to yeah. start that or you know, 
Or, right. well, like, or, or just waiting for, like, the perfect moment to be like, oh, yeah, now it makes sense. Now we can totally do it. It just hasn't right. happened. Well, Chris, no Chris, so, Chris sort of adds another element to it because the other guy in Vermont, you know, has his own... You know, he plays with Justin Vernon from Boney Bear in that, you know, uh, in uh, uh, Volcano Claire, right? And then, um, you know, he does his own band. And so he has a whole element of busyness to it with, you know, he's got a couple of kids as well. So, you know, that as much fun it was as it would be, it's like it's hard enough for Dan and I to coordinate and then to add someone else who has both of our things and then another, you know, it's like, it becomes, uh, it become pretty intense. I mean, as it was, I mean, as it was, Vermont was a thing we did like on nine, nine o'clock in the morning on Sundays. And that's when we were in our mid twenties with no responsibilities whatsoever. So if that was the time we found for it, then I, it, you know, God knows when. Yeah. No, I think it's three thirty in the morning on Tuesday. Like, Oh, we can fit you in, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> when we would have to play those songs. Yeah. Oh, I, I still like that record, so I, I, that, I think that's a perfect answer, though. You're like, I think at that time, that's when it fit, and obviously time has filled up with many other things. Um, and the last thing I'll ask, I mean, are you guys enjoying the ride this time? I think you've had a few, you know, kind of had the whirlwind happen, and now you're kind of getting going with it. Are you enjoying it? Are you ex- kind of excited, or is it is it something where you're like, God, this is a lot harder than we thought? <laughs> I mean, I, I enjoy the I enjoy the company, you know, like getting, you know, playing with all the you know the guys again. But no, yeah, but this weekend was kind of brutal, <laughs> you know, like it was a, kind of a nonstop thing of le- you know learning as many songs as we can, you know. So right. uh, yeah, but, we, we played but, more. But it was still super fun. Like yeah. it didn't it didn't really seem like time went pretty quick and whatever. It's just you know. Right. This is a lot, a lot of ground to cover, and we don't have a lot of time, and we don't have a lot of time together. So we have to. Re- I mean, we probably rehearsed more this weekend than that we rehearsed in the last twelve months. You know. Oh wow. So. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, probably I don't know, Dan. What do you think? Like fifteen, sixteen, eighteen hours of practice this weekend? Like. Yeah, in that way. Something. I mean, of course, there's you know not uh, right, not grinding away that whole time, but you know, like. Yeah. There's a lot of you know that's a lot of playing music for guys who are barely playing music anymore so <laughs> awesome well uh guys thanks so much for um you know doing this and um I'll, I'll see you out in chicago and like i said i'm just i'm psyched you guys are still making music that was always my thing like even with like merit even promising ending and maritime going it's like you're still making music and you're finding time to do it and i feel like there's a lot of people out there and obviously with the sold out shows and um people are excited so yeah yeah so, I feel, you know, totally psyched about that. People still somewhat care. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, guys. All right. Well, thank you.
Hello, Washed Up Emo fans. Thank you for listening to this podcast over the last nine plus years, or if it's your first time, welcome. It has flown by, and I appreciate each and every one of you for listening. And for this current episode you're about to hear, I do have a favor of you. I have some books out right now called Anthology of Emo, and Volume 2 was released last fall. I really think you'll dig it if you haven't heard of them. It features guests from the podcast, including Jim Atkins from Jimmy World, Chris Conley from Saves the Day, Travis Shettle from Piebald, and John Bunch from Sensefield. I've also reprinted Volume 1 so you can order both. Check out the DIY publishing at anthologyofemo.com.